this is Invent Anything. Uh, I'm Mark Allen, sitting in for John Cronin, who is right next to me, as you can see. Uh, John is the uh, managing director and uh, chairman of IPCG, and we're going to be talking to him about should corporations keep inventing? Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is Invent Anything with John Cronin. Uh, John, thanks for spending some time with me and allowing me to take over your seat here on Invent Anything. Thanks, Mark. I'll just start out, you know, uh, let's talk about your background. Uh, you know, uh, you were with IBM, um, you're an engineer, fill us in. Yes, thanks, Mark. So, um, having started IBM at a, at a young man, trying to make myself, I guess, in the world, uh, IBM Super Corporation, uh, back in the early 80s, uh, I ended up uh, working in the semiconductor uh, business in Essex Junction, Vermont, and uh, ended up designing memory chips and microprocessors and things like that, the processes for them. And uh, I got a lot of training as an electrical engineer at IBM in design and, and process definitions. And over time, I found my way uh, to the invention side of the world in IBM. I had a mentor, Bruce Bertelson who was retiring and for six months or so, he taught me his process for inventing. Uh, and I can't tell you the very first time I asked him, I said, Bruce, can you teach me how to invent? He says, of course I can. And he says, uh, if you want, just show up with a problem uh, a week from now and let's start talking about it. So over time, Bruce taught me the invention process. I remember the first invention we defined together and documented and taking it to the dreaded review board to have people review my ideas. And I cherish so much the times when he would stand in front of me and take the hard questions. And eventually we started getting some great results together. He retired. And so I practiced his process in a very large company called IBM. And I just loved doing it every weekend. I would bring home some problems and think about how to solve them. And over time I filed 600 inventions within four or five years. And from that came like a hundred or so patents being uh, issued. Uh, and another 150 enabled publications, which are really patentable inventions, but the business case to file them weren't there. So that's pretty good, right? And uh, so articles and things were written about me as a top inventor. And so I got to meet Jack Hilo, the president of IBM, who basically asked me to talk about how I'd done what I'd done at a very young age. And I told him it wasn't about me, it was about my mentor, Bruce Bertelson, and a lot of weekends working. And he knew Bruce and absolutely he was he loved this guy the way I did. And um, he said, well, John, why don't you build something for IBM like this? Can you build like a invention or patent factory? So basically I went back to Burlington from Armonk with the charge to see if I could do this for IBM. And in 1988, 89 or so, I created what's called the invention and patent factory. And that had tremendous results. We went from about 1,000, 1,200 patents a year to 3,500 patents a year. Whoa. We started a sister group uh, in licensing and we went from about 20 million a year to 2 billion a year. So that was the track record that I got at IBM. But most importantly, working for a very large company in the field of innovation and inventing was a really 
fun but challenging because corporations are huge and affecting change in a corporation does not happen overnight mark yeah i i think of the uh the broadway show um how to succeed in business you without really trying uh you tried you worked very hard and you showed yourself as a as a uh, an example of what you can do even in a large business right yes yeah absolutely right today in the 21st century do corporations need to continue to invent absolutely they do and the question is and you might think about this does invention mean breakthrough is that what corporations are looking for or are they looking for just minor improvements in their process for cost reductions certainly all the time that that the new ideas are needed inventions are needed the market's pulling everybody how to do this better creating time for yourself how to help give you more enjoyment help save the environment all these things are problems that corporations have in their product sets you know there's a in the creativity field there are what's called 200 satisfaction planes meaning a satisfaction plane might be I want to have fun another one might be I don't want to be annoyed another one is I want to feel good about myself or another is I want to uh, feel comfortable or long-term about something think about all the products that there are and think about how to improve any one of those products or services with these things that human beings want to be satisfied there's lots of room for inventing and so I think that absolutely corporations need to invent uh, and it's anything from the small packaging improvement to a think tank right now I'm working with the think tank uh, where they're they're interested in the top six problems in the world cybersecurity and the environment and they're looking for big ideas as it turns out that one of the things we've come up with is the ability to invent prior to innovation is important and the ability to make innovation streamline so whether it's a breakthrough a think tank or just a small improvement of the process absolutely mark corporations need to invent all the time you just mentioned innovation and invention aren't they the same uh well the way i look at it is that invention is the greatest tool in the innovation toolbox innovation means moving an idea from mind to market where invention is solving a problem or discovering a solution for something that's new and useful so think about it in innovation there's everything there's cost sizings and there's hiring lots of people and there's marketing what do you put it on the shelf i mean innovation is a big word moving an idea from mind to selling it in the market where invention could be a breakthrough but still it's a very small piece of the overall innovation process and so when i look at innovation i mean if you even think about the word innovation you can get on google ngram and type in a word and see over the last 150 200 years how many times the word is used uh probably speaking for publications invention really peaked in the 1880s 1900 and then the word inventing has come down where innovation didn't even exist as a word people would use until about 30 40 years ago so today we talk about it, innovation as if it's inventing but it is different uh, the processes are different uh we're inventing is fundamentally that classical solving a problem or discovering something new uh we have a podcast we just recently went through mark as you know going through the details of the difference between invention and innovation and what the tactics are and how you can improve both invention and innovation together so i'd encourage anyone interested in the subject to go to that podcast because i think you can learn a lot more detail about it uh this is invent anything with john cronin 
I'm Mark Allen sitting in for John. I really appreciate John allowing me to do that. We're taking a look at John's background and history as how it can help you and your corporation uh, uh, invent and use innovation to move forward in the 21st century. More coming up as Invent Anything continues. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. This is Invent Anything. I'm Mark Allen sitting in with John Cronin. We're talking about do corporations need innovation? Do corporations need invention? And we're going to start by saying, asking uh, John, do corporations actually need to continue to event, invent uh, once they come up with, you know, product X, do they need to come up with product XYZ? Yeah, Mark, it's um, at one level, it's simple, but at another level, of course, because the corporation gets complicated really quickly. Uh, so let's just backtrack a bit here. Uh, we talked earlier about that product and services change by the pull of the market, by the need of people, and by improving things incrementally or by having breakthroughs. Let's, let's just say we've talked about that. But do they actually need to invent? Well, one of the things about corporations is that... Um, you know, they're full of people and people are very creative. And of course, they're just inventing, uh, whether you ask them to or not. And I always think that's kind of fun that, uh, you know, people are going to invent whether you ask them to or not. So one of the things about corporations is it would be good to have a strategy and a plan to direct the inventive mind to have them invent where they want them to invent. So that's one thing. Corporations need to invent because um, if you look whether they want to be a first mover or a fast follower, there's invention in both of those. First movers opening the market with a fast follower is somebody who's going to make that market even better, cheaper, faster, whatever. Another reason why corporations need to invent uh, almost continually is they're in a constant competitive pressure. Always competitors coming in, trying to take some of the market share away. You can see all sorts of reasons why companies need to invent. Just take COVID, for instance. What happened to the supply chain? What happened to the environment? How does that impact things? I mean, Right now, look at all the corporations that sort of make wine. Uh, they're really going to struggle. Do they need to invent? Absolutely quickly. So there are forces that are in the market, forces that are uh, political forces in the market that really come from, you know, the, uh, the competitors. So there's lots of forces on corporations. Some companies plan quarter by quarter, uh, so they have to react fast. Some companies have more long-term plans. They need to invent, but in invent differently. So there's all sorts of things that drive this idea of invent. Now let's come right down to it. Invention as a word means to create something that's new and useful. Now who wouldn't want to do that? Innovation, when it comes down to it, its definition is moving an idea from mind to market. As I've said earlier, invention is the best tool in the innovation toolbox, but it's not the only one. Well, I'm going to rephrase this question, and that is, do most corporations invent? Or do they kind of put it on the back burner? Uh, Mark, I'm so glad you asked that question because uh, when I start the first time to think about it, I was uh, I had to take a step back because it's something that I've learned the hard way uh, over the many years with IP Capital, uh, working with Fortune 500 companies. Um, 
I've had the opportunity to talk to people that run innovation centers, hundreds and hundreds of companies. And one of the things I found is that even though I've worked for 15% of the Fortune 500s, when I initially come in to talk to companies, do you know that 95% of these companies, their process to invent is ad hoc. What does that mean? They don't have a formal invention program. They don't have tools. They don't have creativity tools. They don't have IP strategies. They don't have invention strategies. At most, they have a roadmap. And I'm not saying that roadmaps are bad. I'm not saying that corporations are bad by not having this. I'm just saying, in my view, they're incredibly ad hoc. Another thing is that most corporations don't recognize inventors. They don't even know who they are many times. Uh, if I went to some, you know, vice president of engineering and asked them who are your top five inventors, they wouldn't even know the names of them. Um, so that's a real problem, right? Ad hoc, not rewarding inventors, not knowing it. And despite all this, marketing, business people, engineers, technicians, they're all solving problems. Uh, so what's happening here is, is, you think about it, take Uber. It changed the model from taxi, you know, to this on-demand transportation. Boy, that was a breakthrough. But that breakthrough was a, it's an app, but it's a breakthrough in the business model. So yes, corporations do need to invent. They need to invent new business models, for instance. They need to invent new products, new services. They even need to invent, Mark, new ways to invent. And we'll talk about this later about artificial yeah. intelligence and how that is a new tool on the block. But uh, yes, corporations absolutely do need to invent because uh, if they don't, uh, they will wither away to their competition and the market uh, dissing them for not having the right products and services at the right time. And you were telling me that with a cell phone uh there's like 300,000 yep. patents in that cell phone yep that's a that is absolutely amazing uh technology moves very quickly and um how do corporations stay ahead of the game with technology changing so fast yeah, as a matter of fact, Mark, it's it used to be every two or three years, the market would demand a new product and then it moved to almost 18 months. And today it's almost on demand. As soon as the product goes out, they want a new one or the service goes out. So it is ultra fast. And what's happening is the companies are developing platforms in order to produce derivative products really quickly. So usually companies have their standard role maps or their plans for their product or services, and that directs their innovation. And in some companies to the lower level, running brainstorming sessions and inventing. A lot of companies try to use innovation tools, whether it be a kind of an innovation or an IP landscape to kind of draw a map of your business and see what companies are playing where and where the opportunities are. Are there startups out there that I need to know, universities, etc. Some companies start innovation centers or they start innovation groups. And uh, it's kind of sad, uh, by the way, Mark, that a lot of the companies that started these innovation uh, you know, groups or buildings, they, they stop them after about five years because for some reason they're not effective. So a lot of money is spent on innovation, but a lot of times it doesn't produce the results because they think what it's should, a What should they be doing instead of building uh, a building a building and creating that center? Should they? Yeah, it, it's, it's a really good question. And it really works itself from the opposite direction. It works itself from the ability to have to get at the people level first, to be appreciative of the ingenuity and the creativity of people, put in recognition reward systems for ingenuity and creativity and invention, and then build up it from the bottom up in the culture. Uh, and that's sometimes difficult. 
Another thing that they can do is I mentioned these tools and techniques. You know, if uh, you have a tool in the innovation toolbox and it's not working, throw it out. Try another one. So just don't get, you know, stuck on one type of innovation process or method. Some companies, Mark, are hiring chief innovation officers. This label didn't even exist three or four years ago, and now there's thousands of them. And so if you look at a chief innovation officer, ask yourself the question, what are their backgrounds? And it's usually they come from another company where they did innovation, right? So companies are doing that. Uh, we're actually running a process what we call virtualized innovation, where we can actually innovate and create lots of ideas, even without a laboratory. So you're virtualizing it. A lot of companies use uh, the M&A uh, direction, buying companies as a way to solve their, their innovation. So there's lots of tools and levers that companies use from process to acquisitions to hiring people, but nothing is better than to have an innovation or inventive culture. If you can do that, get out of the way because people will be highly innovative and highly inventive on anything that they need to do. All you have to do is steer that inventive or innovative mind. When we come back, we're going to take a look at what John had mentioned at the top of this uh, uh, segment, and that is uh, artificial intelligence. I, th this is something that personally boggles my mind. Artificial intelligence actually inventing stuff. We'll find out more as Invent Anything continues. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. Invent Anything continues. I'm Mark Allen, sitting in the uh, chair normally occupied by our guest, John Cronin. And we're going to talk about something that absolutely fascinates me John, you've told me about this. I couldn't believe it. I've done some little bit of research on it. Artificial intelligence is actually inventing things now. Yes, absolutely, Mark. And uh, it is kind of amazing. Um, it, it, it's great to watch technology change. I was thinking about, you know, I don't know how far back you want to go, but just go back to say the sixties. Most people right. watching this are been alive since. 80 or 90, maybe it was since 60s. You know, the big thing was the graduate and plastics, right? Plastic wasn't everything. Right. Uh, then around the mid-1995, you had the internet. Boy, did that change everything, right? The internet basically created industries. Um, now what's happening is you're starting to recognize this word called artificial intelligence, machine learning. And I could kind of describe AI really quickly to you. Marvin Minsky developed the term in 1957. He said that anything that can be done artificially with your intelligence is called artificial intelligence. He, what he was meaning was anything a human being that did that could be codified in software, he would call AI. And how good could it get, right? Could it ask questions? Could it make decisions? Could it invent? And there's been a lot of discussion about this over the years, but now we're here. So one thing to note is that AI is starting to permeate everything. Anything that has, quote, big data. So what does big data mean? Well, I mean... If you had the normal factory, you might collect sensor data once around a shift. But now they have IoT devices everywhere collecting real-time data on everything. Massive amount of data. Uh, so companies and corporations uh, just get online. Anything that you do has data associated with this big data there. You have satellites taking pictures of everything and everywhere. Sensors everywhere. 
big data is everywhere. Great entry for AI. So what does AI do really well? It takes big data and it finds correlations between things. You know, is uh, the sales of beer go up after it's at what temperature in Boston? Well, you collect that data, you know that after about 72 degrees, you know, the amount of beer sales go up, especially on Friday. So you just collect data and you're correlating with mathematical algorithms. And then you can also do machine learning, which is to say, I'm going to train my machine to see this. And then eventually, if it sees it again, it knows it's right. So AI is everywhere. But now, where is AI? Well, AI happens to be squarely in the inventing field. Uh, one of my friends, Steve Taylor, Dr. Taylor, basically created uh, a machine with two GAN networks. I won't go into the details of that. Well, one created ideas and the other machine analyzed it. And he got these machines to come up with ideas. And he decided to have the, some of the ideas uh, filed with the patent office. He filed with the UK patent office and the US patent office and other countries. Uh, but these were two patents that were essentially invented by a computer. And uh, the UK basically said it can't be an invention because a human being has to be the inventor. The US said the same thing because statutorily the human being submits the invention. But Dr. Taylor did it right. He could have just taken the invention, did a little bit more work and filed it himself, but he wanted to press the point. South America just, uh, South Africa, I'm sorry, I think just allowed the first AI-based patent. That's amazing. And this is just the beginning. I can see AI tools being used and we're starting to use them ourselves in order to develop a way to invent and help us to invent. Do you know that I could literally uh, take uh, a claim of a patent and there's millions of them and I could take every element of the claim and have the computer take one element of one patent and add to it the next element of the next patent, etc. until I got 10 elements. And I can look at that just randomly and I have could be an invention. It might not work. It might work. But then I can analyze it based upon other criteria. And all of a sudden, I start to have technology that can actually invent. And I'm not just talking one or two. I'm talking of millions of inventions per second. Wow. So th this is an amazing new frontier uh, that I think is going to quickly expand. And you got to find it in the patent office. The patent office is using AI to analyze patents now from prior art. So this is a big topic. It's so big, in fact, that the AIPLA, the American uh, Intellectual Property Law Association, has a number of um, now breakouts to look at how AI is affecting intellectual property. So this is not just me talking. I have a lot of friends that are involved in this. And you know, I can tell you, Mark, that five years ago, I, and I talked to lots of heads of invention, intellectual property, innovation, vice presidents, presidents, CEOs. Five years ago, four years ago, they didn't even think it was possible. Most, in fact, had tried or had heard about it. And the ones that the five percent that tried it said it didn't work. Uh, today, in fact, when I talk to these same people, they're all trying to figure out how to implement it. So within three to five years, we went from total disbelief that it will never do anything to how to implement it. Well, so you I, it's just a, a tremendous opportunity, I think, for, the, for our planet to have machines help us invent. Uh, machine learning. I mean, uh, every week I go to a certain uh, I, I travel to a certain place, you know, it's only 20 miles from my home, but I get a note, you know, if you leave now on my phone, if you leave now, you'll make it faster than you did last week. I mean, it, it's, it, it's amazing. That's machine learning. They, they know that every Saturday I go to a certain, I go to a certain address. Is that one example? 
I mean, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It is the, the system that looks at everybody's data, <coughs> puts it on the map, looks at traffic and then can start to predict how to get through the traffic, but it knows how many new people are coming in so that they can tell you if you leave now, you're going to be in this queue. And so by learning that over time, they can now do prediction. Uh, the, uh, you have a story, I think, uh, uh, about, uh, that, you know, AI invention has already started. Can you share that? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, this Dabas case of two patents, they are now, uh, actively gone through the patent system in South Africa. I believe these things were issued. So that's like proof positive now that one country has allowed it which is great. And I believe me, Dr. Taylor and people like him are not going to stop doing this. So there's going to be more and more. And eventually, you know, it's just like augmentation. So you could get an exoskeleton, I guess, to make you lift heavier boxes. It's just augmentation. So why not have an AI machine at least augment your ideas? And I did this uh, to try it out a number of years ago. Since I own my own company, I can do lots of cool stuff. So about three or four years ago, I said, you know, I'm going to fund personally the development of a machine that can help me invent. It's going to work with me. <laughs> and, and basically, I built the, the, the software uh, on the Alexa hardware to essentially basically converse with me. So when I turned it on, I would say, hi, Opus, and it would say hi. And it would say, what would you like to invent? And I say, I would like to invent a, um, a, a, a new shovel. It would say, well, what's new about the shovel? I would say, I don't know. I need some help. Okay. Would you like to use a creativity tool? <laughs> so he says, okay, does flashing light, uh, does flashing shovel or mixing shovel or vibrating shovel mean anything for you? So I'm thinking about this, by the way, where did it get flashing shovel, flashing shovel or mixing shovel or vibrating shovel uh, on the internet? There's an API into verbs. And you can just grab randomly three verbs, which it did. And I, one of the tools that we use is putting a random verb in front of the topical noun. Shovel is the noun, random verb. So I was thinking, yeah, I, I would like to use a flashing shovel. So it'd say, tell me what you want to do with flashing shovel. You know, what problem do you want to solve? Well, I was saying, I'm not sure. So it would then be able to look up, you know, shovel and go to the patent literature and look up problems. So it says, would you like to have the flashing shovel help you with safety? Would you like to have the flashing shovel help you with something else? So I said, I like, I like safety. And by the way, I'm trying to put this into just, this is not exactly how it happened, but this is what the tool is capable of. So I said, I like flashing shovel. Let's work with that for safety. So then I would start to think, well, why would a flashing shovel have anything to do with safety? And then I thought, you know, I've seen a lot of workers on the line. I've read stories about people shoveling with the high power lines and getting electrocuted. So why not have a shovel that would flash when it gets too close to the power line? How do you do that? How would I enable that? Now, being an electrical engineer, I instantly knew the circuits to detect the M fields and that I could wire it up with a battery to the flashing light. And as I started to think about that, then my mind kind of exploded knowing, hey, look, I could put a little $3 radio on it, put it to my iPhone, and then it could tell management where all the flashing lights are, etc. That's a creativity tool built into a conversation in a machine that I built. And today we create a company, Bright Marvels, and spun that out as Opus. It's a digital assistant for inventing. And it's just at, the, it's just at its infancy. Um, wow. You know, you can put it in your mobile, mobile device, put it in your pocket, walk around, and talk to this thing. And it helps you invent. 
So that's today, Mark. Um, <laughs> given that AI is in the patent office, uh, digital assistants helping you invent. Uh, I mean, and and I'm a, I'm doing it myself, and other companies are doing it, and it's we're just at the beginning of this. It's just going to be so exciting. I can't wait there. to check in on this in a, two years, even in a year, to see how it's going. John, we are out of, out of time. Thank you again for allowing me to uh, quiz you and uh, put you in the hot seat, so to speak. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Uh, if you want more information about Invent Anything, you can uh, subscribe to us and you can also uh, check out our uh, uh, past uh, episodes. And all that information is right here on the screen.